Lamentations chapter 2. Lamentations chapter 2. All right. Lamentations chapter 2. And we'll read verses 11 through 22. Lamentations chapter 2 and verses 11 through 22. <coughs> Say this. Mine eyes do fail with tears. My bowels are troubled. My liver is poured upon the earth for the destruction of the daughter of my people, because the children and the suckling swoon in the streets of the city. They say to their mothers, where is corn and wine? When they swooned as the wounded in the streets of the city, when their soul was poured out into their mother's bosom. What thing shall I take to witness for thee? What thing shall I liken to thee, O daughter of Jerusalem? What shall I equal to thee that I may comfort thee, O virgin daughter of Zion? For thy breach is like the sea. Who can heal thee? <laughs> thy prophets have seen vain and foolish things for thee, and they have not discovered thine iniquity to turn away thy captivity, but have seen for thee false burdens and causes of banishment. All that pass by clap their hands at thee. They hiss and wag their head at the daughter of Jerusalem, saying, Is this the city that men call the perfection of beauty, the joy of the whole earth? All thine enemies have opened their mouth against thee. They hiss and gnash the teeth. They say, We have swallowed her up. Certainly this is the day that we look for. We have found, we have seen it. The Lord hath done that which he hath devised. He hath fulfilled his word that he had commanded in the days of old. He hath thrown down and hath not pitied. He hath caused thine enemy to rejoice over thee. He hath set up the horn of thine adversaries. Their heart cried unto the Lord, O wall of the daughter of Zion, let tears run down like a river day and night. Give thyself no rest. Let not the apple of thine eye cease. Arise, cry out in the night. In the beginning of the watches, pour out thine heart like water before the face of the Lord. Lift up thy hands toward him for the life of thy young children that faint for hunger in the top of every street. Behold, O Lord, and consider to whom thou hast done this. Shall the women eat their fruit and the children of a span long? Shall the priest and the prophet be slain in the sanctuary of the Lord? The young and the old lie on the ground in the streets. My virgins and my young men are fallen by the sword. Thou hast slain them in the day of thine anger. Thou hast killed and not pitied. Thou hast called as in a solemn day my tears round about, so that in the day of the Lord's anger none escaped nor remained. Those that I have swaddled and brought up hath mine enemy consumed." Let's pray. <laughs> Heavenly Father, again, Lord, we just thank you for your goodness and mercy and grace. And Lord, we thank you for the faithfulness of thy people. And Lord, I pray you'd bless each one that's here, bless each one <laughs> that's listening. Lord, we do pray again for the sick among us. Lord, we thank you. Uh, we think of Sonny, uh, Lord, your good hand upon him. Lord, please touch him and help him to recover uh, quickly. We pray about the uh, rehab and uh, insurance situation, dear God, that you'd lord over that. We think of Sister Judy and uh, her physical condition. And, Lord, we pray about her unspoken or that situation there that you'd uh, uh, please help there. And, Lord, uh, those that uh, need wisdom, Lord, we think of the prayer request of uh, 
of David tonight and also for uh, Joseph, dear God, the needs there. Uh, we think of uh, Sister Lord McCain's uh, sister and Lord, uh, just other things that were brought before us tonight. Dear God, we join our prayers together. We join our faith together. Uh, dear God, and we lay these at thy feet, Lord, at thy feet. We know that you have a will and we trust you. Uh, dear God, we pray that uh, even tonight, Lord, if by chance there's somebody here listening uh, that's not saved, that you'd even work in that heart tonight. Now, Lord, as we look at this portion of Scripture, uh, Lord, guide us and teach us and challenge us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Of course, uh, we look at the book of Lamentation. Of course, a lamentation is what? It's an expression of sorrow and, uh, and uh, uh, grief. And, of course, uh, who wrote the book of Lamentations? Yes, David. Jeremiah. Jeremiah, and he was known as what prophet? The weeping, the weeping of the weeping prophet. So here, as we uh, look at the uh, scripture here, of course, it's talking about uh, Jerusalem, and of course, Jerusalem was uh, uh, destroyed because they rejected God. And of course, uh, here, uh, Jeremiah had a great burden for his people, and at the height of his grief for his people, right? Uh, we see here God directs him, and, you know, God uh, is thinking about the children, right? He's thinking, well, maybe he's thinking this generation blew it. Maybe the next one uh, could get it right. But we see the burden for the children. I want to sort of think along those lines tonight about the children. And so uh, remember this, what goes into the heart and mind of a child, right, uh, at a young age will be in his heart and mind uh, when he becomes an adult. So uh, uh, we uh, have a responsibility uh, to our to our children, and especially as we think about the world that they're living in now. So uh, we must uh, uh, stay uh, committed to the things of God and realize that, listen, there's nothing that uh, we can do on this earth, as we'll see. And uh, listen, we need to hear from heaven, and we need to realize that in this day and age, that uh, we need uh, God to do something extraordinary uh, in, our, in our generation. And we should never cease to, uh, to seek that. You know, again, you know, people, I hear a lot of people make uh, excuses about what dispensation we're in or church age and all those, all those, all those things. But listen, uh, we still have the promises of God and we can claim them as an individual and as a church. So <laughs> the responsibilities of a Christian parent, right? That's what we want to be, Christian parents and grandparents uh, to our children. Again, uh, we know we're responsible for physical needs and material needs, but our needs as Christians goes beyond that. And so as we look in here, a uh, the, the lot of difficult things mentioned in here if you get into, uh, into the details. But as we think about the children, right? Uh, sometimes, you know, we think about uh, you know, the different stages, uh, the stages of life, but we have to realize, yes, there's different stages of life, and, uh, but uh, we need to realize they all, in one sense, they all connect, right? Because they, they, they build on, on one another. But uh, what goes, again, what goes into the heart of a child, right, will also affect him when he becomes an adult. So as we, uh, as we uh, look at this uh, portion of, of uh, Scripture, uh, some things to consider. And as we think about children, one, of course, uh, looking at the condition of uh, Jerusalem here and uh, what was going on there, uh, we think about the condition of our own nation. 
and what's, what's going on there. So uh, w- one thing here, you see, of course, the prophet, uh, he showed, uh, he showed uh, indignation and sorrow for what was going on in his nation. So as we think about this and what's going on in our nation, we should show our children what proper indignation looks like. <laughs> now think about that. Show them what proper indignation looks like or think of holy displeasure, right? And of course, with everything uh, going on in our nation, you know, I'm, I'm glad that uh, uh, people are, you know, uh, fighting back in one sense, especially in these school boards and, and all, this, all this going on there. But how much more should believers, again, uh, uh, verse 1 says, Mine eyes do fail with tears, my bowels are troubled, my liver uh, is poured upon the earth for the destruction of the daughter of my people. He says, you know, I'm heartbroken when I look at what's going on among my people, right? Uh, my heart's broken over that. Why? Because the children and the suckling swoon in the streets of the city. He says, my eyes fail with tears. My bowels are troubled. My liver's poured upon the earth. Why? One, well, because of the condition of the nation, right? For the destruction of the daughters of my people and what the children Right, he's thinking about you know what kind of future when our nation's in this condition. What future is there for our children? What kind of future are they going to have? And no doubt, we look at the condition of our you know we think about you know our parents and grandparents were concerned about us when we were kids, and uh, I'm sure uh, 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 the older people could have never imagined what would be going on in a nation like America. And so uh, think about what the children are facing. In our case, in America. Of course, again, our political situation, what's going on in our schools and uh, 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 the crime uh, that's going on all over the place. And, of course, the extreme progressive uh, 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 agenda in America. And it says the children do swoon. That means they're feeble, they're faint, uh, they're weak. And uh, so he said, listen, when we, when we see what's going on in our nation, when we see what our children are facing, you know what? We should get a righteous indignation uh, about it. And, it, you know, again, it's right to be upset about the right things. It's right to show anger about the right things. It's right to uh, take a stand uh, for the right things and against uh, that which is wrong. You know, a good example of uh, righteous indignation, of course, is, is David when he came on the scene uh, there when he saw what was going on with uh, 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 the giant. Just to give you a couple verses, remember David, when he came to see his brothers, of course, he thought, you know, he was just going to uh, bring his brothers a, a lunch, and then he saw uh, what was going on with the giant. And uh, let me give you these two verses from 1 Samuel 17, right? Uh, 1 Samuel 17, 26 says this, And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach of Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And then verse 37 says this, David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he shall deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. And so, uh, like he was willing to take a stand, we should be willing to stand up and say, you know, he, he saw the situation. He said, hey, this situation isn't right. Somebody needs to take a stand. Somebody needs to st- something needs to be done here. Somebody needs to take action. 
Well, that's the way we should feel when we look at the, uh, uh, the, the giants of, uh, of sin uh, that are facing our nation. Dave said, listen, some action needs to take place. But here's the thing. David was not only upset about what the giant was doing, right, which was right. He should have been upset about what the giant was doing. And we need to be upset about what our enemies are doing and what the progressives are doing and what uh, uh, some of the politicians are doing in our nation, right? We should be upset about what they are doing. And so David, right, he was rightfully upset about what this, he saw this giant mocking his nation. He saw this giant uh, 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 mocking his God. And that's what our enemies are doing to us, right? There's no respect uh, for America like there uh, used to be. And, uh, but he was also upset about this, not only what the giant was doing, but he was also upset about what God's people were not doing. <laughs> right? So, hey, uh, we not only need to be upset about what uh, our enemies are doing, but we need to be upset about what uh, people that are supposed to be God's people, what they are not doing. Notice verse uh, uh, 13 says this, What things shall I take to witness for thee? What things shall I liken to thee, O daughter of Jerusalem? What shall I equal to thee, that I may comfort thee, O virgin daughter of Zion? Now notice this statement, For thy breach is great like the sea. Who shall heal thee? Notice that statement, thy breach. That means the, the, a breach, of course, is a, a, a fracture, a separation. And it indicates the primary reason they were suffering, right, due to disobedience against God. Well, you know, America uh, has been separated uh, from God. America is not where it used to be with God. It's gotten far from God. And no doubt the width of the breach, of course, marks the point where we, where we are as a nation presently, but compared to where God would have us to be. And of course, when we look at where America is today and we compare that to where uh, uh, God would have us be as a nation and God would have us be as a people, we certainly see a great fracture there. We certainly see a great uh, gulf betwixt uh, where we are as a nation and where God would have us to be. And he says, uh, like the sea. And I'm sure uh, there's such a far breach between where we are as a nation and where God have us would be as a nation that uh, even in this example, you could fit a large, a large body of water there. You know, I was thinking about a, a, an article I saw today when I was looking at the news. There was an article about a teacher that, that was teaching uh, gender identity, right, to, to, to three to eight-year-olds. Think about that. To three to eight-year-olds, she was advocating, teaching. I mean, uh, that, that wickedness shouldn't be taught in any uh, institution, in any place, I mean, even to adults. But think about that. They're trying to bring it down to that age limit. And when, they, when, when somebody says something against it, she said, now listen, I've been trained in these things, right? I'm using age-appropriate uh, material for these things. I mean, how, how wicked and vile have we become as a nation when we, when we uh, uh, allow those things and push those things to school? I think something just happened here in, in Greenville County recently. I saw it too late. I actually wanted to go down there, but I saw it in the news too late. They had something that was something in the city. You know anything about that, David? Something in the city council about moving the books in the library or something, and they voted against moving the books or something? Yeah, we, uh, they voted the wrong way. 
They vote. They voted not to move the books, or something. I mean, I mean, how 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 wicked and vile is that? You know what? If I mean, I, I guess I can find out. But if you know about something like that, I would go down there for something like that. I would definitely uh, be glad to uh, 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 say something about that if I knew they were talking about something like that at, at city at, at, at city council. But here they are. But here, you know, articles uh, about about these things is just. Uh, it's just uh, wicked. Children's innocence, children's innocence is being stolen at a younger and younger age in our society. You know, it used to be, well, you know, certain individuals that did things like that. But now our society is pushing it and it's, uh, it's in, our, in our schools. That's why, again, you know, thank God that there still are some Christian schools and thank God uh, uh, for, uh, for, uh, for homeschooling. The world wants to keep our children away from Jesus, right? And of course, we know the Lord doesn't take kindly to that. He didn't like it when the disciples tried to do it, right? He didn't like it when the disciples tried to do it. Let me give you these verses. Mark 10, verses 13 and 14 says, And they brought young children to him that he should touch them, and his disciples rebuked those that brought them. <laughs> but when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased. And said to them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom to heaven. God has great warning against those that would try to uh, uh, keep children from him, and that, and that would offend the children. Right. Jesus had. And what he that was verse 13 of Mark 10. But in verses one through 12, what is he discussing? Right. He's discussing the home. He's discussing marriage. He's discussing uh, divorce. And this is why it is important to get children to Jesus at a young age, that hopefully what is going on in the world and what could happen in the home doesn't give them excuses for not turning to the Lord. Matthew 18, 6 gives this warning about those that would offend uh, uh, children. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones that which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and then he were drowned in the depths of the sea. You ever see the size? You know the size of a millstone, right? Listen, uh, uh, listen. I, you know, I don't know what the mafia uses. You know those cement shoes, but this weighs more than that, right? Uh, can you imagine that being tied to somebody? Listen, you're not you're not coming back up. But God gives that warning to those uh, that would offend children. That word offend it means to cause to stumble to give cause of offense, to lead astray, to lead into sin, to fall away from the truth. And that's what they're doing to our children today, right? Uh, they're leading them astray. They're leading them into uh, a sin. They're leading them into open rebellion against uh, uh, authority. There's no respect for authority anymore uh, in our schools and, and fall away from the truth. And so when you, when you see people like this, you know, God, that are teaching these things to our children, you know what? God says they are worthy of death. And uh, I still agree with that, amen. They certainly are that they would teach such uh, wickedness to our children. And then it says, and, 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 and who, who can heal thee? Well, certainly uh, uh, that word heal, of course, means to restore or to make usable again. And we know that we certainly cannot look to anything in the world, all right, to give healing or to uh, uh, heal this situation in our country. It's going to take the people of God. And so uh, as we see these uh, situations going on in our country, 
right? Of course, we want to, we want to be uh, uh, focused uh, on the right things. We don't, I don't think we need to uh, join uh, uh, some uh, special group or some special party. We just need to be the church uh, that God would have us to be and stand as a church uh, 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 that God would have us uh, do according to the Word of God, which brings me to the next point, right? Not only should uh, uh, our children see that we stand strongly uh, against these things going on in society that uh, uh, turn us from God and get us further from God, but we, they, we should clearly stand, again, for what is right and give for truth, because that's the only thing that's going to combat the lies that they're putting out there. If we don't indoctrinate our children with truth, the world will with lies and ungodliness. And of course, uh, 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 you see uh, Jeremiah, what Jeremiah says here in verses 14. He says, Thy prophets have seen vain and foolish things for thee, and they have not discovered thine iniquity to turn away thy captivity, but have seen for thee false burdens and causes of banishment. And who, does, who is he rebuking right here for society not being the way it should be? He's getting on to the preachers. He's getting on to the preachers. He said, listen, they're not, they're, not, they're not getting something from God. And you know what? They're not preaching against sin. They're not standing against sin. You see, hey, just like we've got churches today that uh, tickle people's ears and tell them what they want to hear, uh, just like you see the false prophets in the Bible, that's what we have going on in society today. Notice uh, that statement. They have not discovered thine iniquity. In other words, uh, the, the nation, the people are getting into sin, and the people of God, the men of God that should have been preaching against sin, weren't preaching against sin. They were just trying to make them feel good. But listen, uh, uh, it says they were not uh, discovered. That means to reveal or expose. And that's our, that's our responsibility. I know uh, we're supposed to love and have grace with everybody, but it's still our responsibility to stand against sin and preach against sin in this day and age. Notice what it says, to turn like at thee, but have seen uh, the false burdens and causes of banishment, right? That false burdens means utterances. In other words, they weren't standing up and giving the truth of God. They were telling, they didn't want people to get mad at them. They were afraid somebody might get mad at them, afraid somebody uh, may not like me. Hey, listen, I want people to like me, right? I want to be your friend. But my first responsibility uh, above being your, your friend is to tell you what's right according to the word of God. And because they didn't stand and uh, the things of God, their enemies took, were able to get in and take advantage of them. Verses 15, all that pass by clap their hands at thee. They hiss and wag their head at the daughter of Jerusalem. Look, they had no respect. There was no respect for God's people. There was no respect for God's nation. Well, why should there be? They weren't showing respect to God. And so God let them fall. And so their enemies no longer had any respect for them. And that's exactly what is happening to America, saying, is this the city that men call perfection of beauty, the joy of the whole earth? Verse 16, all thy enemies have opened their mouth against thee. They hiss and gnash the teeth. They say we have swallowed her up. Certainly this is the day we look for. We have found and we have seen it. And this sounds just like what people are saying about America today. Listen, uh, 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 the, the other day, our president met with the leader of China. Listen, there was no respect there. There was no respect. Hey, listen, little appearance means everything on the world stage. 
did uh, just little thing. You'll notice something, right? When when two world leaders are meeting, do you know what what's supposed to happen, right? One comes from this way, one comes from that way, and they meet in the middle. If one stands still and the other one walks toward them, you know, that may not mean much to us, but in most countries, that shows that the one that stood still and the other one walked to them, that they're the strong leader. And one, the one that's willing to walk all the way over to the other one without making the other one move, that shows weakness. And, you know, that's what happened. That's what happened the other day, right? And America is becoming weak on, uh, the, on the world stage. And again, it it's, uh, comes back uh, to the church. So many false teachers in churches today. People choose churches based on everything but where they stand on doctrine. I was looking at a, I was looking at a, a, a church website, church website the other day, and they, they, they wouldn't take a stand on anything. They wouldn't even take a stand. You know, I looked up where it talks about, you know, what's their stand on the Lord coming back? And they said, well, you know, uh, we know the Lord's coming back. That's all that matters. We know he's coming back, you know, and, you know, we have people that believe different things about that. But the main thing is that, you know, he's coming back. Listen, that is not a good answer. <laughs> That is not. Well, uh, matter of fact, Brother Wood's been preaching on that for a few months. Listen, uh, we we have to be willing to take stands on important biblical issues and not just water it down as much as uh, as much as we can to try and get in as many people uh, as we can. If we're not standing on what's right, then the the the, the people we get in uh, it, it doesn't mean anything. Listen, does that mean? Listen, we've had people join our church and maybe they didn't understand uh, everything when they joined our church. But since I've been here, as far as I know, everybody that joined the church, right, I gave them our, our, our book of doctrines and beliefs and faith. And listen, I wanted to make sure they understood where we stood on these issues and if they had any questions. And that's right to do. You know, some people just, you know, uh, um, I hate to pick up my own dad, but like, you know, uh, my, my dad, my, my dad just got married a couple months ago, right? He's been, I don't know how long he's been living with that woman, but before they got married, uh, they had my dad teaching at the church he goes to. I'm thinking, I'm thinking what in, what, what, you know, what in the world? There's, there's, but that's how most churches are today. They don't take a, they don't take a, a stand. They don't take a, a stand uh, on, on, on anything anymore. But listen, those things matter, right? Uh, as uh, Sister uh, Amy's, uh, I think she has a coffee cup and a shirt, right? Doctrine still, uh, doctrine still matters. These things still matter, right? And so the world has pushed the church into a corner. So it's so important that we continue to stand for biblical truth. Uh, Brother Wood quoted this verse in his prayer. But if I tarry long that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. Right? The next generation... Our children need to understand the importance of the local church and that it matters what church you go to. It matters what the church stands on. So when I, when I give that to people, do I, uh, I always let people know they may have questions about something. And listen, you got to give people a chance to grow. You got to be able to work with people. We know that somebody may not necessarily understand all the things that we believe in and the stances we take, but I always make this clear to them especially if somebody just gets saved, right? And then they get baptized in the church. I say, listen, we want you to know, right, 
that this is where the church, I've said this to everybody that joins here, that this is where the church stands on these things. And you know what? This is where we expect everyone in the church to stand on these things, right? And so, and uh, we're not changing I- any of these things. This is, this is where we stand. And so it's important that we still make that clear, right? Nobody has the message the church has. Nobody has the responsibility the church has. We have a great responsibility as God's people, right? Uh, Jeremiah is rebuking those for not standing on what's right, for not exposing sin. And he says, listen, if you're going to be healed, if you're going to help the children, if you're going to help the next generation, well, then you need to make sure you're taking, amen, preaching God's word properly. Ephesians 4.15 says, speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, right? We speak the truth in love, but the thing is, we speak the truth. Isaiah 58.1 says this, Cry loud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgressions and the house of Jacob their sins. This is our responsibility. And uh, parents need to remember the word no is a word of love too. Many parents, unfortunately, think only yes is a word that shows love. Actually, the word no uh, shows love a lot of times in a greater way than even the word yes. And then finally, we should commit to our we should commit to keep our children in prayer. Children need more than information; they need intercession. Certain responsibilities toward our children may earn at a, uh, end at a certain age. You say, well, you know, okay, they're old enough, right? Uh, uh, that, uh, you know, they need to start working uh, or they need to start doing chores and other things, right? And so we may adjust things at certain ages and stages of their lives. But the responsibility and commitment to daily prayer for our children exists as long as they have breath. Notice uh, beginning of verse 18 says, their heart cried unto the Lord. O wall of the daughter of Zion, let tears run down like a river, and night give thyself no rest. Let not the apple of thine eye cease. So what he does, he looks at the, he looks at the condition of his na- nation, right? And he weeps over the condition of his nation. He weeps that uh, uh, the word of God isn't being preached properly. He weeps at what the children are having to deal with uh, in their nation. And he said, what's he do? He says, he, he cries out to God in prayer. Let no rest, give, thy, let, give thyself no rest. Let not the apple of thine eye cease. Prayer still works. Of course, the apple of the eye is Israel, was the apple of God's eye. Zechariah 2.8 says this, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, after the glory that he sent me unto the nations which spoiled you, for he hath touched you, he that toucheth you, touched the apple of his eye. And no doubt, all of us would agree that our children and our grandchildren are the apple of our eye. Notice verse 19. Arise, cry out in the night. In the beginning of the watches, pour out thine heart like water before the face of the Lord. Now listen, this is serious prayer. This isn't just a a, 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 a lightly uh, lay me down to sleep prayer. And if we, we need to pray, but we need to get back to serious prayer. We need to get back to, listen, not just going through the motions of prayer, but we need to ask God to help us pray till we get a hold of God or God gets a hold of us. Go back to verse 18 again. Notice how he's praying. 
This is, he's not praying over his meal. He's getting alone with God somewhere, and he's pouring his heart out to God. And what do we need to do for our nation? We need to pour our heart out to God for our nation. We need to pour our heart out to God for our children and grandchildren and this generation. Their heart cried unto the Lord. O wall of the daughter of Zion, let tears run down like a river day and night. Give thyself no rest. Let not the apple of thine eye cease. That's how we need to pray for our nation. Arise, cry out in the night. In the beginning of the watches, pour out thine heart like water before the face of the Lord. Notice the second half of verse 19. Lift up thy hands toward him. Why? For the life of thy young children that faint for hunger in the top of every street. Did you notice that? Lift up thy hands toward him. Why? For the life of thy young children. Well, I look at the little children among us, and I think to myself, what kind of country, if the Lord tarries, what kind of country are we going to leave our children and our grandchildren? When you look at these precious children, outside of the grace of God, it's scary to think about. The, question, the real question or bigger question is what kind of faith are we going to leave behind and instill in our children? Notice, uh, uh, go down and read the rest of these verses. Behold, O Lord, and consider to whom thou hast done this. Shall the women eat their fruit and the children of a span long? This is how bad it had got in that nation. You know, it had got so bad there that they were eating their own children. It got so bad there that they were eating their own children. Listen, America has been so spoiled that we think that none of these things could happen uh, in America. But, you know, uh, just as I've worked in uh, countries where they, they tortured preachers and tortured Christians, that could happen in America. Believe me, if tomorrow China could pull the switch on invading America, you don't think they'd pull it? They would. The young and the old, verse 21, the, old, the young and the old lie on ground in the streets. My virgins and my young men are fallen by the sword. Thou hast slain them in the day of thine anger. Thou hast killed and not pitied. Verse 22, thou hast called as in a solemn day my tears round about me, so that in the day of the Lord's anger none escaped nor remained. Notice how that sins. Those that I have swaddled and brought up Mine enemy hath consumed. Boy, our enemy, whether it's our physical enemy, uh, uh, like China and other countries, or whether it's our spiritual enemy, boy, if there's anything they want to do, they want to they consume our children. They want to destroy our children. Those that I have swaddled up, brought up our children. That word swaddled means just, just like you, when they were little, you would wrap them up in a blanket or some cloth so they would feel warm and secure. Well, that's how we need to do them with our prayers. We need to wrap them up in our continued love and constant prayers. That word brought up means as, as it, to, to add years. To do, I like this definition of brought up. It means this, to deliver it towards its target. That's what we should be thinking of as we bring up our children and our grandchildren, that our goal is, is to deliver them or move them towards a target. We raise our children with a target in mind. Well, I see, uh, uh, how often have uh, uh, Pam and, and uh, uh, Joseph shared with me, oh, uh, 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 Robert, he learned this verse, or Robert, he likes to sing uh, this little uh, Christian song. 
Now, what a, what a blessing and encouragement that is to see that at that young age, the Word of God is being instilled in their heart. I, I guarantee you, if I said, Joseph Pam, do you have a target for your children? Amen. They have a target for their children, amen, that the Word of God, amen, would be deep in their heart, amen, as they go from year to year, and they would grow up, amen, and, uh, and be godly uh, young men uh, and godly uh, good solid Christians like their, like their parents. It says be consumed. That means to be destroyed, to squander, to waste slowly. That's what the enemy wants to do to our children, wants to destroy them. Wants them, and it means to waste slowly. Hey, listen, uh, the devil, if he can destroy you in a day, that's fine. But if it's just little bit by little bit, day after day, whatever it takes, he wants to destroy, right? Lord, we need to pray as we finish up. Lord, give me wisdom as I bring up my children. Lord, please give me wisdom in influencing my grandchildren. So as we think about our responsibility, as we, as we look at the condition of our nation, as we look at what our children are facing in this generation, not just our teenager, but our youngest children are facing in their schools, we need to realize there's no stopping place in prayer for our nation or our children. There's no age to stop praying for your children and your grandchildren, right? Now, we may, we, we may make a separation between childhood and adulthood and other areas, but not in prayer. All the days of their life, our children need our prayer. So we need to be outraged. We need to show our children, hey, there's some things worth being outraged against. There's some things worth taking a stand against on behalf of our children and what is going on. We need to keep giving out the truth and grounding our children in the things of God, and we need to commit to continuous prayer for our children. The question was asked, who can heal thee? Well, the only one that can do it is the Lord. Let's pray.